That song is Vulture's Picnic by the band Fear Porn. I happen to be uh, in that band. And, hey. uh, yo, Greg Palace is with us today from Rolling Stone, Guardian, BBC, GregPalace.com, best-selling author of too many books to mention, but we will mention them on the broadcast today. Uh, but I wrote that song for you, man. That uh, that applies to your great book, Vulture's Picnic, which talks about how uh, cartel capitalism has run amok uh, in the third world and uh, nothing has changed since then. Greg Palace, welcome to the show. Welcome. And where do I get my royalties for Vulture for the song? <laughs> uh, no, you're going to give those to me when you when they make a movie of Vulture's Picnic. That's which, right. Which Johnny Depp should be uh, in. He absolutely should be in. Uh, <laughs> As opposed to out. And I, I could, I could, I, you know what? Once in a while, I really need a good beating. <laughs> well, we All won't right, go into that here. We won't I go won't, into I won't, that. Yeah, I won't tell you my personal stuff. You don't share yours. But if you want to, go ahead. Because it's <laughs> no, good no. radio. No, no. Uh, uh, Miss Bad Peeny and I, once in a while, we do dress up like pirates once in a while. But, you know. Arg, uh, yeah, yeah. That's when we go undercover. <laughs> the eye patch it shifts on different right. eyes as as we go. People off. Uh, you know, I actually was going to use. You know, John McEnroe was going to work with me working undercover. He said, "Well, everyone will recognize me." So that's the point. Yeah. Really? Is that true? Yeah, this is true. And um, so we're going to send him to this billionaire vulture's house. This guy was in Vulture's Picnic, if you remember, um, Doctor Herman. And he had this monster estate. It was like bigger than the Vatican. And um, how are we going to? We noticed from satellite photos he had a tennis court. So we're going to bring in McEnroe, and to, so we could film the guy and get on his estate and film him by saying, "Can we film you with John McEnroe? We're doing a reality show called So You Think You Are You Can Play Tennis, you know, with the champ. You can beat the champ or something like that." And, but then that day was a freak snowstorm so the um the tennis uh, kind of uh, tennis whites were not uh, appropriate well i mean that's how you get to the elites golf or tennis right golf I mean, or tennis in fact actually when uh, uh uh air force officer was saying you know when they're at the air force academy their officers kept telling him that he has to learn how to play golf he said why he said well if you want a promotion forget ability you just play golf with your superiors. <laughs> that's how you get a promotion. You know, forget about or Bohemian. knee pads. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, that's the other way. You know, knee pads also work. Exactly. No, forget about Bohemian Grove and Skull and Bones. It's the golf courses that yes. we should be very concerned about. Uh, so I don't even know where to start. Let's start with censorship because oh. you've got to know more about this than anyone else. You literally broke the story of the 2000 election um you were sent packing over to the london guardian and no one would publish you and you couldn't get on msnbc cnn fox like anywhere and you went and did your work over there and wrote all your astounding books but what is what is your view greg palace of the climate today with um you know say what we want or die well i'd love to tell you but then i uh, wouldn't be allowed <laughs> any social media sites are on there. Ah, uh, but no no okay no it's it, it's actually um yeah it is no joke because uh i ended up um um like you say so for those who don't know i broke the story back in 2000 when jeb bush removed with a woman named katherine harris uh her real name is cruella deville 
removed 58,000 black men from the voter rolls of Florida just before the Gore-Bush election. 58,000 black men because they had committed crimes. They were felons. And um, how do we know where they're felons? Well, it says on the voter registration rolls, BLA next to their name, which means felon. I, actually, it turns out it's supposed to mean black, but they consider that the same thing. I'm not kidding you. Of all the 58,000 black men, and we know they're black, they really do say BLA next to their name because in Florida you used to have to put your race on your registration form. And of the 58,000 men that they accused of being ex-cons who at the time couldn't vote in Florida – Exactly zero, zero were illegal voters, zero out of 58,000. But Bush supposedly won Florida by just 537 votes with those black men removed, and that gave him the presidency. So the presidency of the United States has been stolen. So when you have schmucks like but, but Adam Russia Schiff, did that. Greg, Russia well, did that. Well, Russia, well, um, Putin has, is, I think is more effective. You know, he, he was facing a kind of primary contest with um, – Boris Nemtsov, who um, went uh, to, to he went to the Kremlin, and as he was crossing the street, uh, four men came up and put bullets in the back of his head and, and in the back and also yeah. killed his Ukrainian girlfriend right in front of the Kremlin, which happened to have all its um, security cameras turned off at that moment. They were repairing them. You know how they turn off the security cameras in front of the White House. Anyway, so that so so uh, Jeb Bush have, has not does not need to go to uh, four bullets in the back of the head. He just takes 58,000 black ballots and deep sixes their right to vote. But yeah. you're talking about censorship. No, but, but Now, censorship is the issue because yeah. I wrote that story on the front page of the freaking Guardian newspaper, the number one English language newspaper on the planet. No, not the New York Times. That's, that's American parochialism. Uh, that that's the newsletter of uh, of the Upper West Side elite. I'm talking about a newspaper, not a newsletter. Uh, and they put on the front page BBC News, which is you know the premier news channel on the planet. Put it at the top of the BBC nightly news that that's how Bush became president. And you couldn't get that in U.S. newspapers if I took hostages. There was one mention in a column, not in the news section, that this report had come out in England. But that was by a um, by a uh, uh, a columnist who was black. I say who was black. He was a columnist. He's no longer a columnist for the New York Times. And when you talk about MS, you couldn't get on MSNBC. I got real close. You know that I got on once on MSNBC with Phil Donahue, and I did mention the theft of the election. I did bring it up, and then and, they they kicked him to the curb right and after then, that. Then they said, you know what? And this is also while they're protesting, he was bringing bringing on people to uh, question the war, the plan, the drumbeat for the war in Iraq. Yeah, yeah. And they said, you know, your program is in jeopardy. And he had to add, well, I'm thinking of bringing on Greg Palace as a regular reporter for the show. <laughs> they they literally almost canceled him on the spot. They waited a, a, a good day. I'm not kidding you. I can't make this up. I got this from his producer. <laughs> and I spoke to Phil, and I apologize for – uh, um, you know, getting his show canned. So, yeah, so censorship. So I couldn't get in the Times. In fact, it's interesting. The Times, two years later, brought up uh, – had an editorial in which they mentioned the infamous felon purge of Florida in 2000. Well, how could it be infamous when they didn't even report it? And I got – so – but here's the other thing. I keep getting censored. When I did a report uh, at uh, in January of 2021 during the Senate runoff, 
in Georgia. You know, um, and I did a report for a program called Democracy Now, in which I showed that they were that they had illegally that the GOP had illegally removed 198,000 voters from the voter rolls, including Martin Luther King's 92-year-old cousin. Uh, they said that she didn't live in Georgia anymore. I went to her house. I was in front of the polling station when she was thrown out on her keister and her granddaughters, hysterical and in tears. This is King's cousin. It's going to be the 50th anniversary of her voting the first time, which is the 50th anniversary of her cousin's death. And um, what happened was – so I ran it on Democracy Now!, but they had shortened it. They took out the front end where I had Trump people saying the election was stolen, and I'm proving them wrong. But then Consortium News ran the story, and they, they did the whole program so that it included the Trump people saying the election was stolen. Anyway, we got uh, – not only was that program pulled off of YouTube um, by uh, – who owns YouTube? That's Google. But not only did Google uh, remove that piece, they told um, Consortium News that one more time, violating their community standards and they will shut down consortium news which is life or death for them they won't be able to yeah outlet and that's their that's their outlet consortium news by the way was started by the extraordinary columnist uh, uh, investigative reporter bob perry and is now it's still great yeah no it's still run by um you know um a uh, former wall street journal reporter but you know that wasn't for you know as far as uh, uh google was concerned and you know here's the problem so it keeps going on the censorship and the strangulation of the truth continues. I mean, I got, uh, you know, um, and but, you know, on the other hand, we also have, unfortunately, on the left, we've now, and I say we because I consider myself on the left, whether you like it or not. Um, and um, I was just on a program on the crisis in journalism. And a non-journalist said the crisis in journalism is that uh, – Zuckerberg doesn't remove uh, postings quick enough that uh, deny climate change. And you're really going on and on that, that there's just not enough censorship on the, on the net. And I said, so you're in favor of censorship? She said, oh, I'm against censorship, but. I said, no, that, that's, you, you can't be for censorship, but, against censorship, but. Because as soon as you say but, you're for censorship. So you want these people, you want people you don't agree with pulled out. So what, how would you feel if your site was pulled down? She said, oh, it has been pulled down. So in other words, she was more concerned, not concerned that she and her site, which was a, a climate change site for young people, were being pulled off the air. What disturbed her, that didn't bother her at all. What bothered her was that other sites that she didn't agree with were not. Well, I know, because that is the essential duty of collectivism and uh, cognitive dissonance. And you know what that means, right, Greg? I mean, you hold two opposing ideas in your brain at the same time and they're used to call having... it bullshit hypocrisy i know you could call it cognitive dissonance because <laughs> you went that i know right uh, learned that before you dropped out right i don't want to be so cynical because greg palace is on the air he's a real journalist and not a jerk and that's how he signs off on his emails to me every day um no because it's it's gotten worse, and I remember I think I interviewed you in just after 2000, the first time, and we've since become friends. Yeah. But it, it's like, what is going on? And and so both sides steal elections. So let's just finish off with this because I don't know who were you supporting in the 
2020 election because I had a, a Bernie Sanders interest. I had a Tulsi Gabbard interest. I had a little Rand Paul interest, but none of them really looked uh, good enough for me. But I saw what happened, and they – so I know – you're doing all this work on how Republicans steal elections, but how did the Democrats two elections in a row steal the election from Bernie Sanders? They did that. That's yeah, well, true. Actually, uh, if that was, I wrote that article for the Guardian, and which was picked up exactly nowhere in the American press. I'm here in in, uh, in uh, La La Land in Hollywood in California, yeah, yeah. and we have, and I explained how Bernie Sanders was cheated out of hundreds of thousands of votes. In fact, the, the, um, the number one polling center in California, uh, which is very democratically oriented, they gave me all the data. See, in California, you have this weird system where if you are a Democrat, if you're an independent, and most voters in California are independent, don't register for a party, but they believe and they've been told that they can vote in the Democratic primary, because everyone here is Democrat, but they, young people just don't put down their party affiliation. Now, as it turns out, uh, Bernie Sanders, among among independent registered but Democratic-leaning voters, was winning two to one. So that's most of the voters. So if all those voters could vote as they thought they could vote, then he would have won the California primary in the last uh, – to, uh, in 16, and he would have won even bigger in 20. But what happened? People didn't know that they had that if they went in and cast a Democratic Party ballot, but they weren't registered as Democrat, it would be thrown out. They had to ask for a special printed ballot called the No Party Preference Alternative Ballot. Uh, the No Party, and if you didn't have the ask, for, and you weren't allowed, and no poll worker, if you said that I'm an independent, but I want the Democratic Party ballot, which most that's for most California voters. They wouldn't they'd say, sorry, you can't vote a Democratic Party ballot. They're not allowed to say all you have to do is ask for the no party preference Democratic ballot. Now, that might sound complicated, but it cost uh, the the polling center agreed with me. It cost Bernie Sanders hundreds of thousands of votes, hundreds of thousands. And they called it the purge by postcard because they send you a postcard saying, do you want a Democratic Party ballot? Um, and then a lot of people, mo every California gets a ballot mailed to them. I, I know there's a lot of detail, but this is how you steal elections. No, it's, I mean, it, it, it sounds like the 2020 election, they locked us all down for COVID, and then you got to fill out the thing. And I mean, I'm not trying to, hey, listen, I'm not trying to say Trump is right, but most no, of that's, the, no, 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 but yeah. hold on, Greg. Yeah, most of the stuff that came out. The conspiracy theories on MSNBC and CNN and, and whatnot, they they fucked it up, Greg, because they ended up being wrong and they made Trump right. And so how is Trump not looking at – has he called you? Has Trump get on the phone with Greg Palace Because he he could need you. you got to tell him to get rid of his, his prime executioner uh, in elections. But, man – I mean, well, it sounds familiar, and Trump himself, let me just say this, mm -hmm. came out and said they stole the election from Bernie Sanders. I mean, he said that, and he's right. Yeah, and he was, and he brought out the point, he says, well, he missed the bullet because he said if, you know, s at least six million people voted for Bernie Sanders, then voted for him. He says, imagine if, if Hillary had picked Bernie as her running mate, I'd be out. Um, he would have lost, absolutely. So, you yeah. know, I mean, you can't. 
you can't that's that's one of the problems we see this problem all the time but at the moment most of my investigations no question are republicans playing games with the vote or coming up with really false ideas of death but i have to say like the democrat i read the the mueller report the reason Trump wasn't indicted for conspiracy with Russia is that – and I'm no – as you heard, I'm no friend of, of the Russians uh, by any means. But I read the Mueller report. He didn't bring – and he says there's just no information here that leads to an indictment. That's why. And so the Democrats are going on with this Russia, Russia, Russia stuff while in fact there were some serious problems for – you know. Black voters, Asian voters, young voters in yeah. places like Georgia and Arizona. They and buried Wisconsin. the lead. They buried the lead. Oh, by the way, the uh, Democratic Attorney General and Secretary of State of Michigan had my site shut down when you talk about censorship because I said, here's the people that. So I, I put up two lists, three Are lists. Are those the Pritzkers? Um, okay. Well, you mean who owns That's another them? story. That's, okay. that's Illinois. This is Michigan. Okay, go ahead. So I had – I uncovered that three states, Wisconsin – or four states, Wisconsin, Ohio, Michigan, Georgia, and – well, let's uh, – Michigan – yeah, uh, all had illegally removed voters from the voter rolls, saying that they'd left the state when they didn't. They were still there. I got – and I actually got the, the, the world's top – address location experts that is the people that work with amazon you notice that you that jack you don't get someone else's tidy whities you always they always know where you are and and if you don't pay your and if you don't pay american express your bill they'll find you in north korea i guarantee it so i talked to these experts they said no these people live here and we called them we called uh 1200 voters and they said uh no uh, what, what do you mean i live here but they lost their votes just like martin luther king's cousin but that didn't just happen the they the Republicans didn't in Georgia, but the Democrats did it in Michigan. And while the Republican Secretary of State, the scumbag name, name Brad Raffensperger, Perger's is really his his name, Raffensperger, um, <laughs> he had viciously attacked me. Brian Kemp, the governor, viciously attacked me in Georgia, but they didn't take down my site. Whereas the Democratic Secretary of State and Attorney General in Michigan. They had my site taken down until they got a note from a kind of ACLU affiliate in Michigan saying, Palace generally helps Democrats. And then they then they had my site. They let my site go back up. <laughs> Man, uh, Greg, I mean, I'm so far left. I'm kind of right. You know, I mean, that's I mean, you know, it's getting it. The, the lines are really blurred. All I want people to do is have common sense, intelligent arguments based on information and not mm -hmm. debunked by the government of disinformation I, I can't believe they're naming that it's the it, it is the <laughs> department of disinformation are, are they telling us what they're trying to do to us and i don't think well, you're well, gonna, do you remember um you remember, greg, yeah, greg the liar yeah. according to the the london mirror the liar with your picture yeah. uh, you're not going to turn out okay in this this thing with the new department of disinformation it's not going to work out good for you man sorry no it has that's why i say they took they took down my stuff from consortium news they shut down my website this is the problem with once we start in censorship wars and then they'll say oh we didn't mean you just like in michigan once the democrats were told hey palace most of his work is supporting supports democrats 
then, oh, 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 we didn't. Oh, that was a mistake. No, 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 no. I don't want anyone censored, whether I'm supporting Democrats, Republicans, or whatever. And I don't support any freaking candidate because they all end up going rotten. And I don't care who they are. I mean, you know, I mean, I was, I was actually, I, you know, Hugo Chavez considered me a good friend, but even the, the, he went rotten in the end. Uh, of course, he yeah. died, so that's real rotten. But you know, um, fast acting cancer. I'm sure it was is perfectly explainable. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, no, no, because he did. But you're right. Because he drank 30 I, cups I got, of coffee a day, so there's a reason why he had stuff. Nah, I don't know. I, dr- I drink 80 cups of coffee a day, drink whiskey and smoke cigarettes, and yeah, I'm still got doing that, fine. Uh, act with Satan, so you've got to, you know. So <laughs> but you're no, pretty- what he did at the end, he would have those meetings. I mean, he, he did become a dictator, but he – this is so complicated because – they have they have multiple coups running against them. I mean, it, yeah. it's just like we no, no, can't. no. We the people of Venezuela love that man all the way to the end. Uh, his big problem was picking someone who's not competent to take his place in Venezuela. Because see, the one thing that that, that the left doesn't understand with Chavez, because I knew him well, is and he translated some of my book, The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, into Spanish. By the way, yeah. Um, and he would read for, he'd read from my books every week on his. Uh, TV show, Hello <laughs> Presidente, which didn't, didn't, that didn't help me either. <laughs> well, mainly because of these crazy Cubans with guns. That's why it didn't help me. And and as you know from from the book, that's one of the things that led to uh, the problem with uh, with Miss Badpenny, my chief investigator, and and now my uh, my official, my spouse. But uh, we have the most unusual meeting. Um, you know, people say, "Well, how did you two meet?" You know, and after we got married. <laughs> and I said, well, I thought she was sent to assassinate me, and I was going to have to take her out first. <laughs> and which is true. It's absolutely 100% true. In, in Volta's Picnic, I was getting these death threats from these right-wingers. And no one was supposed to know where I live. But she's an investigator. So, of course, she hunted me down. It's good, it's good. If you're asking for a job as an investigator, that's one way to do it. And she is a foreign agent. Yes, she is. Yes. Okay. <laughs> very swiss and um so she uh so it's after midnight and there's this like young woman like all covered up i thought she was young i mean as a, she looked like she was in her 20s whatever i'm walking it's after one in the morning and she goes no one's supposed to know where i live no one's supposed to know where i work no one is secret because it is dangerous and she goes mr palast and i go this is it. She's gonna. This is like squeaky frome. She's gonna. This this freak is from some cult. She's gonna take me out. And so then I decided I'd have to, because you can't outrun a bullet. So you don't run away. You have to go into someone and knock them over. That's the training. And you go roll into them. And I was about to take her out and smash her face uh, when uh, she said. And, but I hesitated for half a second because I was actually walking my dog, and I didn't want him to run. And so that half-second hesitation allowed her to say, Mr. Palast, a second time. Now, if someone's going to bump you off, they're not going to ask twice. Right? <laughs> so I was so relieved. She just said, well, I found your address, and I want to ask you for a job. And I go, oh, I was so relieved. I would have given her my my house, <laughs> which eventually I did, right? Um, but, <laughs> Well, we'll see how it turns out. We'll see how it turns out. I got to go to break, man. Let's uh, let's all take a break because this has been uh, 
eminently fascinating. We got another half hour to go okay. with our good friend Greg Palace. We'll be right back after this. It's the Jack Blood Show. Take a break. So the off-air conversations are almost as good as the on-air conversations. You're listening to the Jack Blood Show. We are live every Thursday right now. It is Cinco de Mayo, and uh, appreciate you guys joining us. Please uh, spread the word if you would, and then we'll add extra days and more content. Somebody who is uh, no stranger to massive amounts of content is a New York Times bestseller. He's our guest today, Greg Palace, Rolling Stone, Guardian, BBC, Best Democracy Money Can Buy. Please buy that book. Will you buy it? Because Greg, he can't pay his rent. He needs to have people buying that book. Vulture's Picnic, uh, in the case of the stolen election, he's on Amazon, Amazon Prime, and he's in a bunch of documentaries. And we're super happy to have him here, not just because he knows where all the bodies are buried, because he's my friend. So, Greg, good to have you. we got another 30 minutes. Let's go. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, we were talking about Venezuela, and I wanted to make an important point. People, you know, we keep saying, oh – Germany has to keep paying a half of they pay nearly a billion dollars a day to Putin for his oil and gas. They are funding the Germans are funding the invasion now. But they say, oh, there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah, there is. Venice, we have embargoed people forget we've laid siege to Venezuela. We have an embargo. We don't let anything in. We don't let anything out. Venezuela could export 2 million barrels of oil a day, and that creepy corporation Chevron – we can get into Chevron. But well, Chevron you are the guy that the... broke – no, but hold on. I want my mm-hmm. listeners to know you're the guy that broke the Exxon Valdez story. So – all right, go. Yeah, so what happened was I was the chief investigator on the Exxon Valdez breakup for the natives. Let's not forget that it's, it's uh, American uh, natives who own that property up in Alaska, yeah. and I – Uncovered that it wasn't some drunken skipper who smacked a reef like you know some drunk at a wheel. That's an idiot concept. He wasn't even at the wheel. There was no the radar. It was the, uh, the Exxon Valdez had the first GPS system that was created by Raytheon. It cost not twenty dollars that you get at, at Walmart. It was two million dollars and difficult to operate. So because it was too cost so much money and cost a lot to operate and train folks. Uh, Exxon just told them to shut off the radar. So you have a giant freaking tanker um, going through Alaskan waters with the radar off, and that's how they hit the reef. And and then we wouldn't have even heard about that except that they – you know where they, they hit a place called Bly Island? This is important for people to understand how corporate America works, corporate planet corporation works. Okay, so – on Bly Island, which is where that Exxon Valdez smacked up, uh, the oil drilling consortium led by a company called British Petroleum, or BP, um, said that they would have, in case there was ever an oil spill or a tanker spill in the, uh, the uh, Prince William Sound in Alaska, that on Bly Island, there would be all this equipment to surround a boat, suck out the oil, and prevent the spread of, uh, of, of oil. So what happened? And it's almost as if, understand, this is like starting a fire in a trash can in front of a fire department. But the thing – so that you, we should have never even heard of the Exxon Valdez because they literally smacked into the place where yeah. they kept all the equipment, well, except no, that I they mean, didn't have the equipment. It wasn't there. Yeah. It was a total lie. British Petroleum, and this is not Exxon. But Exxon – let me tell you, Exxon was in on it. Beyond Petroleum. Sorry. Beyond Petroleum 
uh, the, the you know they paint their gas stations green, but then they complete they literally fabricated that they had the the emergency equipment there. They figured, well, who's ever going to look in the middle of the Arctic? You know, well, so it wasn't there, and the coastline was destroyed. Then we and by the way, so when I saw the the Deepwater Horizon go up, and there was no equipment there. Halliburton, again, British, Halliburton Horizon. Yeah. One, once again, once again, that was British Petroleum. And now in Venezuela, by the way, the reason why Venezuela is under embargo, you know what it is? Because when French Total pulled out of Venezuela, the British government asked uh, Maduro, the uh, uh, Chavez's successor, if they could drill in Venezuela, take over the, the French concession – the British would take it for BP, and Maduro said no, which is foolish, because he didn't realize what they would do to him. He said, "No, we're going to keep it for the for Venezuela's own oil company." That was a big mistake. You hubris, yeah, British. that's hubris. For you sure. don't yeah. screw with British Petroleum. Yeah. I was in Azerbaijan, as you know from my book, um, um, from Vulture's Picnic, and um, you know baby when Doc. when uh, uh, the yeah, it was it, baby Baba. Uh, the dictator was put in there because they had a, they had an elected president in Azerbaijan. That's when these nations pooped out by the Soviet Union when it fell over. In the nation of Azerbaijan, they'd given a uh, they didn't give British Petroleum the concession to drill oil in the Caspian Sea. So MI6 simply over gave guns to the old KGB chief, um, Haider Aliyev. And they overthrew the elected government. And, you know, when I did a show on that for Channel 4 Britain, where they don't have the same level of censorship, um, when I did that show, we put on a member of parliament who's on the board of directors of British Petroleum. By the way, if you can imagine, in, in Britain you can actually be a, a member of parliament and be on a corporate board. But everyone knows he was also not here, though. We can't do that here. Yeah, no, 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 no. no we don't. We don't buy them. We do. you have to be out of Congress before you you get the right. board. They just have yeah. to tell you that the money's on its way. The checks in the mail. <laughs> when you're gone. But the um, but on on top of it, um, so they overthrew. So this guy from M, from uh, the member of parliament on the uh, board directors of BP is also an MI6 officer. You know. Uh, James Bond. CIA, yeah. And uh, when we said, so we have evidence that MI6 overthrew the uh, elected president of Azerbaijan. And you know what his response was? Well, isn't that what you pay us to do? Isn't that what the British taxpayers expect? Yeah. We're supposed to preserve the oil of these nations for our nation. Cheap, That's what we do. Cheap so, gas and economy. I mean, well, it know, is... It is and, cartel capitalism at, at its highest, man. So, okay, now, now I don't know where okay, to go. We're all over the you place. Just, like, took, you just took this into places that <laughs> you don't have time to do. But you know what? Hey, check this out. I just watched okay. this movie called Big Man. Have you seen that? It is uh, the corporate takeover of a massive oil field called the Jubilee Oil Field off the shore of Ghana. In Africa, all right? We're raping Africa a little bit. It just started happening yesterday. And, uh, you know, <laughs> but – and it's a juxtaposition between them and uh, Niger who, you know, this is what happens when oil 
hits your country and it supersedes government. There's no State Department involved. It's ExxonMobil. It's corporations. And they don't care like who gets hurt and the money doesn't ever go to the people. I think someday, you know, never. it's like Christmas. Someday Christmas will come and we'll get our presents under the tree, says the well, poor little kid in Harlem. It's not happening, man. I mean, that well, was don't a- forget why why what pushed uh, what, what created Putin was the was the smash and grab of the yeah. oil industry in Russia. Russia, 43 percent of their budget is from oil sales and royalties. And now it's more. It's like 80 percent. This nation, we, you know, Larry Summers and the gangsters from Harvard with Bill Clinton's help went in and took it, took advantage of that drunk Yeltsin and privatized everything. What privatized means is that they p- took public resources, the entire oil industry of Russia, which is the world's number one oil producer today, number one, took all that oil and literally handed it to the connected oligarchs, the billionaires. These are raging thieves that destroyed the nation. The average life expectancy of a man dropped by more than 10 years. You know what that's like? That was worse that had a bigger effect than World War II on the demographics of Russia. That's how severe it was. You had one-fourth of the population literally starving because of this type of oil privatization. So Putin came in and seized back a big hunk of the oil industry uh, from a gangster named Khodorovsky. Um, he uh, banished another uh, oligarch named Berezovsky, interesting, who then ended up dead face down in his bathroom. Yep. I don't know how, um, Mr. Putin. Uh, but he's the guy who actually put Putin in. And what's interesting, what's interesting, Jack, if you go to gregpalace.com, you'll read the story. This guy, Berezovsky, who put Putin in. And remember, Putin became president and no one, only less than 1% of the public knew who he was when he took over. Less than 1%. He was put in by two oligarchs, uh, one Berezovsky, another Guzinski, who was then sent into exile too. Um, why they picked Putin? They wanted a Russian Pinochet. They wanted like the dick, you know, the guy, the murderer. All right, yeah, that's yeah. good. He's the bag man because mm-hmm. he worked for the mayor of St. Petersburg and yes. he got him out, and then he worked his way up in East Germany to be Yeltsin's buddy, and they picked him. He's yeah. our Frankenstein, and now we right. want him exactly. out. Is that what's going on? He, we yes. want him we, out, we and, and who, we don't yes. care who has to die. Now, after we put that guy in, it's very important for people to understand when we say we put him in. Here's how it went. You got I want to fill in a little of that story you just told about Yeltsin. Okay, so this guy was a nothing. He was an assistant to Sobchak, the uh, uh, the mayor of Petersburg. He was a nothing guy, but he was a loyal guy. And Yeltsin was impressed by that. And so were these these other uh, the oligarchs there. What they wanted that Yeltsin was a drunk the nation was falling apart. Yeltsin had five heart attacks. It was, but he decided he wanted to run again. So it, when he and Berezovsky and Guzinski went to Davos, and they saw that Yeltsin was being ignored, and they were literally, and the oil company chiefs were fawning all over the head of the Communist Party, uh, uh, what's his name, Zuganov, who they assumed would beat Yel- Yeltsin next election. So the Oligarchs, Berezovsky, told Yeltsin, look, we will 
We'll do whatever it ha- takes. We'll basically steal the election for you. We'll get help from the Americans because they don't want uh, Zuganyov or whatever his name is, head of the Communist Party, he still is uh, there to win. So we'll get Bill Clinton. We'll get our billions in there, and we'll use what they call administrative measures. That's that's their fa- that's their fancy word for the bullshit word vote suppression, stealing the vote. So Yeltsin stole that election, but he had one condition put on him that he would resign shortly after that he would resign uh, a year or so after he gets elected in favor of a man that they would pick who would be like Pinochet. He would be militaristic, a teetotaler and um, a a super capitalist. They wanted someone who would preserve the free market cowboy capitalism that they put in place and protect their billions. And they came up. They literally went to meet with Pinochet. I kid you not. They actually had Pinochet go on Russian television to tell them what kind of president they wanted, and it described Putin. And then they got Yeltsin to name Putin a, uh, a, a deputy prime minister, then prime minister. Yeltsin resigns. Putin becomes president. This was all engineered by the West, by the oil yeah. oligarchs, by the billionaires. When Putin got in, the first thing you realize, if Berezovsky and Khodorovsky and Guzinski – can put me in office, they can take me out. So then he went after the guys who put him in, which is sure, you know, look. And then they had, let's go here now, because we're only like five minutes away from the end of the show. Greg Palace with us, gregpalace.com. They had an auction. So after they put Putin in, they had an auction to who would get all the resources and talking about fixed elections and, and what's fixed and what isn't. They fixed it. Only Russians were allowed to participate in that, and they doled it out. And ever since then, it, it's just kind of been disorder. Well, it's been – yeah. So what Putin did was he stole back stole back enough of the oil to restore pensions and restore the government and economy and services. So that's what made him a hero. And then he decided, well, if you really want to be a hero, what you do is you kill a bunch of Muslims. So he went in and leveled uh, the capital of Chechnya, uh, Grozny, killed 50,000 civilians, uh, 15,000 Russian that's soldiers. That's after died. the school shooting. That and, oh, yes, that's shooting. right. That's and that, right. Was were... a false, that was a false flag, Greg. You know that and I know So it. they had – right. So so there was a school sh- – this, uh, this is a long story, which we don't have time to get yeah. into. But but. Putin kind of got in trouble with that, so he needed to do something big. So he crushed the Chechens, and that made him a big hero, and he took some of the oil money back. But he kept – most of the billionaires got to keep most of their billions. As you see, there there are yachts that are finally being seized. But you know what? That doesn't mean much to these guys. Um, that, it's kind of a joke. You know, these the sanctions are about as tough as taking away um, Putin's uh, a Starbucks card. <laughs> If if you're buying his oil and all we have to do is take it from Venezuela and stop punishing Venezuela, which, and Venezuela invaded no one. Venezuela has elections. Venezuela has been an ally of the United States. Yes, they have a form of socialism there. How dare they? But so does – it's probably – it's not more of a socialistic country than Norway. Yeah, or, yeah. Stop calling them Venezuela. They're sicko. That's the name of their country. Right. They're sicko. Yeah. Uh, a, a couple of minutes left. Uh, Greg Palace with us. Best democracy money can buy. Vultures picnic. GregPalace.com. You can sign up for his newsletter. It's really interesting. And as you guys know, he's an old school investigative reporter. Um, you know, 
we've done these shows uh, for a long time. Let me hit you for one or two more questions. Warren Buffett, right? Mm -hmm. You know him? Yes, I've heard of him. He just came out. (laughs) Berkshire Hathaway. They have uh, subsidiaries in Russia, China, like everywhere. And here in Seattle, where I live, in in your town, said the stock market is a casino. Today was a very hard day for uh, Ethereum, for Bitcoin, for the stock market. Uh, I didn't see the gold prices today, but I mean, what is he saying? Because he's a vulture capitalist. What is just invest your money in him and it'll be okay? And you don't play the casino. The stock market is a casino, according to Warren Buffett two days ago. Well, yeah, that's what he's kind of saying. He's saying, "Let I, I'm the pro. Let me pick the stocks for you." Yeah. And and since he has so much swing, mine as well, you know, why pretend? <laughs> easy question, easy answer. I think that's as opposed to what Blackstone has been doing all over the country. He he does he feeling the heat? Are the vulture capitalists turning on each other? And how does that work out for us, Greg? Well, I think, you know, Everyone likes Warren Buffett because he's kind of this benign investor, but he's not the – that's not where the big money it's, – it's guys like the big funds that are rising like Paul the Vulture Singer where it's smash and grab. You know, what they do is the – you know, like Singer like took the uh, – uh, you know, I, I investigated when he uh, took money from the uh, yeah. the Congo that was supposed to be used for cholera medicine. He squeezed the nation of Argentina um, by the NADs until it uh, went bankrupt. Uh, this these are the guys these are the guys who are running the direction of this economy okay so is it insider trading insider trading which we know our congress people uh, participate in the stock act didn't work out thank you obama for trying but that didn't help us out at all is it insider trading or is it such a, a corptocracy that our elected officials in the fixed elections that we vote in, and that's our that's our strength. <laughs> uh, well, they just rule everything. I mean, it's just it's well. Here's the good. The out. good. There's still a back and forth. They can't steal all the elections all the time, and they have to make some concessions to to avoid eruption, to avoid revolution, because it doesn't take much, and so they got to concede something. Uh, but mostly right now it's bread and circus. You know, they just yeah. uh, they they stick the uh, internet needle into your arm once you're addicted, <laughs> and then they decide what you can see and what you can't see. Uh, so you know, yeah. So I, I'm not so much as you know with in a, the way American corruption works is that how many congressmen go broke and become poor after they leave office? <laughs> Think about that, right? Um, we just saw that Jan Ch- Saki. She's uh, going to MSNBC. And, and while MSNBC she's still in office, she's going inside to the White House, she's been offered more than a $10 million contract. So someone sitting next to the president is knows that she's going to receive, when she walks out the door, $10 million from a media empire. Now, her golden words on MSNBC aren't worth $10 million. They don't have that many listeners or viewers. Oh, come on. I and, mean, but geez. it is worth – but what's happened – is, is that they She's just cute. fought their way into the Oval Office, and that's how it works. 
Okay, right. but Karine Jean-Pierre is taking her place. So she's from MSNBC, and Jen Psaki is going to MSNBC. Right. Okay, that says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. It's a, and, vi- but... it's a victim's parade. Send in the clowns. Theater of the mass and whitelist for everybody. I'll remember that. Can I steal those lines? All of them. Or is that in the song? Or is that in the song Vulture's Picnic? Add that. No, you no, add- we just wrote those today, and uh, Chuck was contributing to that. Is our producer? Uh, we got to go, Greg. Anything you want to promote? Because please, yeah, just go to support my friend here. Okay, just go to gregpalace.com. That's G-R-E-G-P-A-L-A-S-T. Sign up and get my uh, investigative reports, newsletters, and films. No charge, um, but it will charge up your soul. How about that? One of the last investigative reporters, for real. I mean, one of the real one of the real fedoras out there, for real. <laughs> All right, man. You know yeah, I love you. Uh, kiss Bad Penny for me. Thank you guys for joining us on the show today. Please contribute to us, jackblood at hotmail.com. If you want to uh, donate a couple of bucks, we'll keep doing shows like this, and we'll add some more. That's what we're doing. Until then, I'm Jack Blood, your radio gun saying, be bold and mighty forces will come to your aid. <laughs>